0: Welcome to the TAC Talks podcast where everything we talk about is of the game and for the game of football. Uh, first of all, I just want to give you a little bit of context as to why I started this project. I'm a person who about football or I listen conversation about football mainly. They speak about how many things are. They speak about how many things are, for example, about how many things are, for example, there of things that are, for example, and in the team that has game. كمان بسمع انه هيدا كان عم بيلعب على ارضه ورو للفريق اللي خسر تيلعب على ارضه بالسكند لاج شوف ايش حيصير بيحكون عن عن شو اسمه عن غياب الجمهور بياثر على البيرفورمنس تبع الفريق المعين كمان بسمع علم مثلا بيحكوا انه هيدا اللاعب حط هيدا بجيبته ما خليه يتنفس هيدا ضيع بنالتي كانت قلبت الجيم Mazboot. Hawda l'asshya akid bilagbo d'or. Mish hamshin minimitum. Bis Anna liyom jayye ahkye. Ou aghdi aahmiye aktar la shagli. Ma btn'gataiha relevancy kfaye. Ou ana bishoof inno in terms of football twitter. or football in the football community. Btn'gataha ktir sotche. Inno ilmwozwoah ktir sotche. Inno alaylam don't talk about it enough. Liheny tactics. Ou aahmiyete the tactics. Ah. Uh, with a team facing another team كيف فوت عجيم, his approach against a certain team compared to his approach against another team they uh, اللي من المدرب ليجرب الفريق الخصم وكيف عليه وشو غير عمل. لأنه أنا بشوف دور أهم من اللي really interesting to know about وبيعطوا, uh, uh, context وفهم أكثر للعبة as a whole. يفهموا, uh, بيفكر, the instructions given to players and why they're doing this and not doing this. عم بيدفع ورا? ليه high uh, press. ليش season uh, park the bus بتلقي طلا high press ده للفريق. وبس بدي أقول إنه أول شيء بدي أشكر الكل اللي شجعنا عمل or again, I want to thank everyone who's tuning in today. Or I really hope this pays off. it's still a, a trial thing. It's just something for fun and to like take up some of my time. Again, merci beaucoup for everyone who tuned in. And let's get started. The first topic I want to talk about today is going to be about the team I support which is Tottenham okay and obviously they're uh, a a topic of big controversy this season uh, with the performances and with their form as a whole and especially in the last game they were involved in against Dinamo Zagreb where they got eliminated from the Europa League after Zagreb managed to overturn a 2-0 deficit to then come back and Uh, Beat Spurs 3-0 in the second leg and qualify on aggregate to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. And here comes the big question. Is it Mourinho or is it the players? That's the big debatable question. There are some people that blame the manager, saying that he's outdated, saying that his methodology doesn't work anymore. And there are other people saying, no, it's not Mourinho, it's the players. They're not good enough. They're rubbish. Mourinho is doing all that he can. So I just wanted to bring to and talk about it from my, uh, from my own perspective First of all, I don't want to talk a I I not to talk I not a I I about the um, uh, Zagreb second leg game, is that Tottenham were awful, they did not show any sign of performance, they were really lacklustre in terms of effort. Mourinho talked about it in the post-match press conference, saying that there wasn't enough effort. There was one team that was showing 100% fight, and there was another team that showed uh, no interest in performing or, or, or giving any effort towards the game. And eventually, it led to uh, it led to Spurs getting knocked out. Um, but I'm going to about Mourinho's overall performance so far Spurs head coach and his contributions to the team and um, the pros and cons basically of what he's offered in terms of uh, in a positive sense and what he's lacked or what Tottenham have lacked uh, of in terms of Mourinho and uh, where he's failed what he's failed to offer for OSG let's talk about the pros we've seen a lot of uh, player performances, really good player performances this season. Um, no one can deny that Kane has been exceptional this season. Uh, I truly believe he is one of the top three st- strikers in the world. This year we've seen a transition to more of a Force 9 role, where you, uh, if you watch him consistently, you see him drop into midfield and like uh, be that plus one player in midfield and create from deep. And from his stats, you can see how well he how, uh, greatly he's excelled at this role, he's top assist uh, assist in the Premier League. Um, yeah, but he that hasn't taken away from his goal tally, he's still sc- scoring goals consistently, so it just uh, adds to the value of how good a play uh, good of a player he is. Um, so and that one thing came from Mourinho because he only started performing this role this season with Mourinho. Um, and the reason just if we talk talk about it a little more in depth, the reason Kane can do this is because of his exceptional passing distribution that is so underrated Um, by different fans in the football community. The fact that he can pass with both feet, I'm not only talking about short passes, I could talk about long passes. He is so technical on the ball. Uh, His ability to like understand the game, understand space, dropping uh, to create space for Son or for Bale. Um, We've seen the uh, partnership between between him and Son, where he drops, Son runs into the space left behind if his centre-back follows Kane. Uh, It's been really impressive to watch. And that leads me to the second, players who has really excelled this season, uh, and that human Son. He has been on a bit of a goal drought uh, lately, but no one can deny he has been quality this season. He's scored a decent amount of goals. I don't really remember the number of goals he's scored. He's also uh, provided a decent amount of assists. Um, so, on that note, there have been players that have really excelled on a Mourinho. No one can deny that. And also, I want to move on to other, other players who uh, whose performance has been much more debatable and it's also been debatable how much influence Mourinho has had in their performances this season. And those two players, the main two players are Gareth Bale and In Dombele At the beginning of the season, we saw that In Dombele wasn't really starting um, uh, uh, he only started to get integrated in the squad in the, towards, like, towards, I'd say, November. You see him start consistently. And it was the same for Bale. Bale only lately started to uh, get involved in the squad consistently. And um, in the last few weeks, we've seen him perform really well for Spurs. He scored a number of goals. He's also provided some assists. Uh, in certain games, we saw him actually... Um, uh, Offer in terms of chance creation, he has he has improved a lot uh, compared to the beginning of the season. But the question is for many uh, people is that how influ how influential has Mourinho been in this turnover for these two players? And I believe he has played a massive role in terms of him and his and the coaching staff, because both players, both of these players have been subject to injuries. They've been subject to a lack of fitness. Bell came to Spurs injured. It, goes to show how uh, the gravity of his situation in terms of uh, his fitness and injuries. And that may be the reason why he wasn't performing consistently at the beginning of the season. And there is a lot of importance, especially these days, that goes towards um, a player's fitness and sports science. And it's not been given enough importance and significance by the footballing community because... It's justifiable that certain people do not understand um, the uh, importance or priority that fitness plays in a player's performance. But what we saw from Mourinho is a really um, is a really effective approach where he would. Try, he would start these players in the easy games, or maybe in the easier games against smaller teams. We saw Tangi Dombele start off in certain games of the Europa League, where he would deliver. He would deliver consistently. Uh, he wouldn't always play the full 90 minutes. He'd come off, and then Mourinho started uh, involving him in Premier League games. We would see the same. He would play about 60 minutes of exceptional football, and then he would take him off because he was gradually bringing back his fitness. And I truly believe that approach was actually the reason why both players have come back uh, to perform so well and consistently for Spurs this season because they were not immediately like thrown into the squad which could aggravate their injuries even further or expose their uh, the possibility that they might get injured again no that their, their fitness was monitored and they were gradually tracked and brought back into the team and as we said From what it looks like, it really paid off because Tongin Dombele has had exceptional performances this season. He's a really talked about player in terms of spurs. Um, People uh, truly rate him compared to last season where he was considered a flop. Um, So that goes to show how Mourinho has managed to um, get certain players to perform. And even last season, there was even the talk of a fallout between Mourinho and Dombele. But we've seen the exact opposite this season. And it, and it shows because Dombele has been playing really well under Mourinho. So at the, end, at the end of all that, it was proven that what Mourinho said about Dombele, that possibly he wasn't giving enough, was actually true. And maybe when he said that Bell wasn't giving enough, it was actually true. And it may not be their fault. It's not their attitude. It's just the fact that they they were not up to it ter- fitness-wise or in terms of, like I said, in terms of their stamina because they hadn't played for so long. They, were, uh, they had so many injuries. But again, in terms of that perspective, from that perspective, we can see what Mourinho has offered in, in terms of allowing these players to... Perform uh, to bring back good performances or get back to performing well. Uh, now, I want to delve, I want to sorry, dive more into the tactical aspect. A lot of this season, we've seen two sides to Mourinho, and this is where a big misconception comes. Uh, from the people's views on Mourinho, because the stereotype is that Mourinho parks the bus. He always defends deep and plays on the counter. And I'm here to say today that that is actually not true. He does not always do that. Against small teams, he tries to build out from the back. He tries to play possession football. He actually plays the so-called attractive football that people have gotten so used to over the years because of Guardiola, tiki-taka, as they call it. If you watch Mourinho... Teams or Spurs, uh, Mourinho Spurs against smaller teams, lesser teams in the league or in the Europa League, you will see that they have the majority of the ball. They they penetrate the opposition. They try to play um, progressively um, uh, out from the back and actually attack opposition the way people like or the way people deem is attractive based on the uh, based on the norm. That is that tiki taka is the only attractive way to play. Um, but I also want to mention that against the bigger teams, Mourinho does park the bus. It's a no fact. If you watch it, you will see it. It, it, There have been so many games this season where we have seen uh, Tottenham have um, very little possession, and sometimes it has paid off and sometimes it hasn't. There's the game, let's let's say, against Manchester City, uh, the first game where Spurs managed to win 2-0. City had most of the ball. They had really good chances. And people came out of that game saying Spurs were very lucky not to concede. That is true. I'm not going to argue with that because they were very lucky. So I think City missed an open goal in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But I also want to say that um, in the end, score, the scoreline talks. It's the scoreline that matters. It's not the chances. If you go 10 years forward and someone asks you, uh, if someone asks about the game between Spurs and Man City uh, in the 2020-2021 2000, uh, season, the first game, they're, they're not going to ask who was more dominant. They're going to ask who won, because that's what matters. It's the three points go to the team that scores more. And Tottenham managed to score, and City didn't, simple as. Spurs may have been lucky, but that game plan by Mourinho paid off. And back then, I didn't see anyone complaining People were calling it a masterclass by Mourinho and how he outplayed and outsmarted Guardiola. And in these matches, we've seen one single system from Mourinho. It's always been him defending in a 4-4-2 mid-block, low-block and uh, maintaining compactness. He keeps the offside line very low to prevent... Balls playing over the t- balls being played over the top. That's also uh, understandable because he hasn't got the fastest uh, centre backs at his disposal. So if you keep that uh, offside line too high, then you will be exposed to balls over the top, long balls to if to um, uh, quick players. If the opposition have quick players up front, like for instance, if Spurs were playing Liverpool and they were playing a high line, then Salah and Mane would like have. Would like would have so much space to run into because they are quick players who can manage to break the offside line. So that's the reason why Spurs, like I said, they defend in the middle of the pitch. They sort of set up a block, a 4-4-2 block in the middle of the pitch or uh, in front of their goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, especially considering that Mourinho realizes he understands two things. First of all, against teams like City, you can't expect to play as well. As City will try to dominate City in terms of play, when you have a squad that is nowhere near the quality uh, that City has in terms of player personnel, it's only logical. You can't like you can't expect uh, Tottenham to try or Mourinho to try, have his team play possession and press high against City, who are so good at outplaying pressing teams and building out from the back. And also, you can't expect him to build out from the back against a, a really aggressive, pressing, aggressively pressing Man City team or against a really uh, aggressive Liverpool team. It doesn't make sense. He has to play to his players. Um, he has to play to the team's strengths and try to eliminate or suppress the weaknesses. And speaking of weaknesses, one of the most, uh, one of the biggest weaknesses that we've seen from this Spurs side is the are the individual errors by. Defenders and by Spurs' defence. And it's a matter that's talked about regularly. And I have to agree that at the moment, there isn't a single trustworthy centre-back in uh, in the Tottenham squad. From Toby Alderweire to Eric Dyer to, um, to Jaffer Tanganga, who hasn't really played much, to Joe Rodham, uh, to Davinson Sanchez. We've seen really poor performances and... Uh, and not enough consistency in terms of performances when it comes to centre backs. And Mourinho realizes that he's not an idiot. He sees how um, how significant individual errors can uh, or or are in uh, in uh, their games this season, and how much how many points they've cost them. A lot of the goals that Spurs have conceded this season have come from individual errors, and because of that, Mourinho prioritizes defensive compactness and defensive cooperation over everything. The reason being is that, again, he has players that cannot be trusted individually when it comes to defending. So if you have compactness when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the the team defending, then if players are in close proximity to each other, and if one player makes a mistake, there are players near that player to compensate or try to make up for that mistake. So it's, I, I do, I agree with that approach from Mourinho when it comes to playing against bigger teams, it's okay to play a mid block. It's okay to play a low block. Um, when defending against the bigger teams like Manchester City, like Chelsea, like Arsenal. And like I said, it has paid off several times this season. Um, In the first game against Liverpool, when Spurs lost 2-1, Spurs weren't at all bad. They played quite well. Um, But that also takes me to the next part, where I will criticise Mourinho a bit when it comes to uh, his tactical approach. Um, And that comes mainly... uh, to when defending deep does not pay off. If you defend deep or you defend like very low, you have to have attacking output. You have to have um, you have to have uh, the ability to counterattack uh, really quickly because you're not going to see a lot of the ball, especially against the big teams. And whilst we've seen really good attacking efficiency in certain games against the big teams, we've also seen um, we've also seen certain games where there has been no attacking efficiency. There has been no attack. It's just been Spurs defending and losing the ball once they win it or hoofing it upfield because they can't string a pop- proper attack together. There have been instances where the attackers up front have been isolated. like Players like Kane and Son have been isolated because the opposition have managed to... Uh, halt or prevent uh, Spurs' attacking transitions because of their good rest defence, because of their good structure. Um, and this is where Mourinho starts to get criticised. Because if you defend so deep, but there is no attacking output to it, then there is no point in defending deep. That's the end of it. You can't play for a tour. You can't play um, for a nil-nil draw. It's not realistic, that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to create a strategy where you can uh, prevent the opposition, first of all, from scoring past you, but also at the same time, manage to find a strategy where you manage to to, uh, get past the opposition and score past them. So it's a two-way street, you can't just defend, you can't have a really good defense and have zero attack. But again, that strategy has mainly been against the big teams. And that takes me back to now talk about Mourinho when he plays against the lesser teams, against the teams of lower quality. And also, when he plays against these teams, there are the good things and there are the bad things. There are the pros and the cons. I'm going to talk about the pros first. When he plays against smaller teams in the league, lesser teams in the league or even in the Europa League, again, we see Mourinho try to build out from the back. The misconception about him defending deep against all teams is absolutely wrong. It's not true. He does try and build out them back. He has his team try and press high and keep possession. And again, sometimes it has paid off. It has paid off sometimes. Uh, against Leeds, Spurs pressed high. They did press high and it paid off because they scored three goals from, uh, from winning the ball back high up in Leeds' own half and transitioning on attack you can re-watch the game or you can check recheck the highlights and you will see why I'm saying it's true um, there are also I don't really r- recall other games but I remember there are several games where pressing high has paid off Mourinho has tried to press high and it has worked it has worked his teams have played out from the back it has worked they, they managed to penetrate the opposition and they managed to score goals from it. So, this, uh, this stereotype about Mourinho that he always parks the bus and always uh, tries to play on the counter is not true. It's not true. However, this also brings me to the disadvantages. The disadvantages towards Mourinho trying to play uh, out from the back, trying to keep the ball and trying to press high. Sometimes we've seen that Mourinho tries to employ a high press strategy, but the opposition managed to get get out from that. They managed to outplay it. We saw it against Chelsea uh, in uh, their game against uh, their, their, their game against Tuchel, where Spurs had tried to employ a high press strategy, but it didn't really work. Chelsea just kept just managed to get uh, they kept on getting past it. Uh we've seen it against smaller teams as well where uh Spurs would go into the uh would go into half time 1-0 up they played really well they'd excelled they'd excelled in the way they were playing playing out from the back keep possession pressing high but then the second half we see them get completely outclassed outplayed um, and at this point you'd see Spurs drop deep. And this is where there is a big misconception about what actually happens. Whenever people see Spurs drop deep when they're one nil up against lesser opposition, it always goes towards Mourinho. It's always said that it's Mourinho who's telling them to drop deep. He's told them at half time to drop deep to keep the one nil lead. But that is farther from the truth. And it would not logically be anywhere near the truth. The reason I say this is because no sensible man, no sensible coach or manager with about 20 years experience would actually expect a team who has been known to uh, make individual mistakes defensively defend deep, and try and maintain a 1-0 lead. It wouldn't make sense. Like, I don't believe that Mourinho would be that, uh, that stupid or that senseless. So, what I truly believe happens, instead of Mourinho asking them to drop back and defend deep, I believe that it was actually Mourinho, or rather, sorry, it was actually the opposition who were outplaying Spurs in the second half like when we consider the performances against Fulham where they drew 1-1 or rather when they won 1-0 but Fulham brought it all out in the second half against Wolves against Crystal Palace i believe that it was these t- it was uh, sorry these teams came out in the second half they were playing much better than spurs and because of that Spurs had to drop deep because whenever a team sees that the opposition are managing to penetrate them, then their only instinct will be to drop back and protect their goal. It's only logical. All teams do it, whether it be Liverpool, whether it be Barcelona, whether it be Real Madrid. Whenever a team sees that the opposition are uh, managing to play past them, then their only instinct will be right we're in a dangerous position now. If we keep on pressing higher, we keep on playing the way we're playing, we're going to concede. So let's drop back and protect the space in front of the goal. So this is not something that comes from Mourinho. It's not a strategy that's coming from Mourinho. It's the player's instinct to realize that they're being outplayed, they're not managing to. Um, then their high press strategy or the strategy they're employing at the moment isn't working. So what they do is they drop back to protect the space in front of their goal so that the opposition will not have enough space to score past them. But this is where I come to blame Mourinho. Because when this happens, when he sees that his team is suffering and they're not managing to get forward. They're not managing to press high properly. The opposition are outplaying them. He doesn't know what to do. He does not know how to adapt to the opposition's game plan. We've seen it so many times this season. Against Palace, against Fulham, even though uh, Spurs wound up winning 1-0, there was still the the question as to whether Spurs would come out of this match with the three points or not. Because, again, Uh, because Mourinho seems like he doesn't really know how to adjust based on the opposition playing better or based on the the opposition outplaying his own team. And this is where you start to question Mourinho's methods because when he first came in, we expected this tactician, this guy who could change the game on its head. He He could make a tactical adjustment that would absolutely like... Uh, like I said, it would turn the game uh, in Spurs' favour or in his own team's favour and um, and get uh, get Spurs to win or get his own team back to get the results. But we haven't seen this so far from Mourinho. What we've seen is, uh, all we've seen is that sometimes he employs the park the bus method, as you call it, against the big teams and it has paid off against but against the smaller teams he tries to dominate he, he tries to play a certain way he dominates the first half he comes out in the second half the opposition turn the game on its head and they bring the game to Tottenham and he doesn't know how to adjust to then put Tottenham back on the front foot and this is personally where most of the goal, most of uh, Tottenham's goals have been conceded that's where I see that this is the reason why Tottenham have conceded most of their goals. Because of this, besides the individual errors, besides the individual errors, this is where most of Tottenham's conceded goals have come from. It's because Mourinho has failed to realise the problem in um, in Tottenham's, uh, in the way Tottenham are playing and how the opposition have managed to adjust to, uh, to get back into the game. And when we do see Tottenham... Uh, uh, get back like switch back on is only when they concede the goal. Once they concede the goal against these teams, then we see them on the back on the front foot trying to score. But this does not only come from the, it doesn't only come from the players, it also comes from Mourinho because the players can't expect to find a solution on their own on the pitch. Sometimes yes they can manage to do it but it's also the manager's job to evaluate what's happening in the game. And also make adjustments based on what he sees is needed, is needed uh, to be adjusted. And we haven't seen it. So much significance is given to video analysis these days where you have the tactical analyst uh, watching the game and sending different clips to the head coach. And then the head coach uh, decides to make a change or change structure or whatnot. But with Mourinho, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen it. All we've seen is light-for-light light substitutions. And in the last three minutes, maybe, he, he changes to a back five to preserve the results. That's all we've seen. And against the big teams, like we said, he tries to defend deep and tr- play on the counter-attack. So, so far, we have not really seen the tactician that we expected in Mourinho, the guy who can change a game on his head. All we've seen is that against the smaller teams, he tries to play out from the back. He tries to keep the ball. He tries to press high. And when the opposi- uh, when the smaller teams try to uh, try to play better, they uh, seem to be outplaying Spurs. He doesn't really know what to do. He doesn't really seem to have a have an answer uh, to the opposition playing better. And against the bigger teams, like I said, he always drops deep and plays on the counter. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then he he, he tries as much as he can not to concede. And speaking of not conceding, despite the fact that yes, Tottenham have conceded a lot of goals from individual areas that may tell you that they uh, have a really poor defence, in terms of the numbers, one can see that Tottenham actually are one of the better uh, defensive sides in the league. And that's a fact because the average goals conceded in the league is 3755 and Tottenham have only conceded 30, which is way below the average. So the question is, if the players were not um, making these individual errors that would have cost Spurs so many goals, then maybe that number would have been better. And I don't think Spurs have actually lost a game by more than three goals this season. I don't, Rather, they have not conceded more than three goals in a single game this season. And that game, I think, came against Man City, where they lost 3-0. So the question, so the, the, like coming to a conclusion on that, um, one has to one has to ask whether uh, the fault is only with Mourinho or whether it's only with the players. Personally, I believe that the fault comes from both sides. Yes, the players are not good enough. Yes, the squad needs a massive renovation. And speaking of which, Poch, before he was sacked, called for the squad to be renovated because he saw that the squad couldn't compete anymore. It wasn't as cohesive as it used to be. But the owner, the chairman, uh, took the easy way out. He sacked Poch, brought in Mourinho and uh, tried to get him to instill the so-called winning mentality in this squad. But what uh, time has uh, told us that this squad is way past its best and so many players need replacement... Uh, and a massive overhaul is needed. And that may be a little bit difficult uh, right now, considering the pandemic we're in and the um, fans not attending games. So, um, and apparently, according to news, that Spurs will not be given funds to spend on transfers and they will only have to rely on selling players to bring in other players. Um, So, I personally don't expect... Uh, there to be an easy clear out, considering the lack of funds. Um, and one thing I must say about Mourinho is that in order for Mourinho to bring success to a certain team, he has to have the players he wants. He has to get the players he wants. If he doesn't, history has to, has proven that uh, it won't work out. So for that reason, um, and this is me objectively speaking, I have no bias against Mourinho. I like. I don't believe that he is the sole problem at Spurs. But I don't believe he's the right fit anymore for this squad. If there were the funds available to like make um, have a massive overhaul, clear out the entire squad and bring in good, established players, then yes, I may, I could have, I may say that yes, Mourinho still fits this. We can still do well with him. But because of the circumstances, I do not believe that Mourinho is the right fit anymore for this squad. The squad uh, is. Is get the the replacements that are needed in the squad are going to take time because of the lack of funds. Uh, I think Tottenham will have to go back to their initial ideology or initial philosophy of bringing in young players and developing them. And in from in that regard, I don't think Mourinho is the best. Um, so, I my personal opinion, keep Mourinho to the end of the season, see if he tr- um, manages to win the Carabao Cup final against City, which. I highly believe um, he won't manage to do, but no one knows. It's football. Uh, we've seen we've seen um, we've seen stuff like that happen before. But at the end of the season, uh, if he doesn't make top four, also very unlikely. Um, I I personally think that Mourinho should be let go. I think it was a mistake on uh, on uh, Levy. I suppose chairman's behalf to offer him such a lucrative contract. Uh, I think he'll, he's get, uh, Spurs are going to lose a lot of money with the breakout clause that that um, Mourinho is owed. They're going to have to pay him millions of pounds to let him go. Um, but I do believe it's the right step for the club uh, because uh, I don't think Mourinho can get any more out of this squad. And the next step for me would to be would to bring in a manager very similar to Pochettino that can work on youth, that can work with young players and develop... A new squad, a new identity, um, and personally, my my um, recommendation for that would be Julian Nagelsmann. I think he's the best uh, the best option for Spurs at the moment. Uh, another uh, candidate would be Lucien Favre if uh, Nagelsmann did decided uh, to join Bayern, there are rumours that maybe Hansi Flick could uh, opt for the Germany, uh, for, for the vacant job as Germany manager, and then Bayern would look to bring in Julian Nagelsmann to replace him at Bayern. Um, so if that were to happen, I believe that the next best thing would be Lucien Favre, who's also very well renowned, at, uh, renowned to work with young players with his time at Dortmund, at Gladbach, and also to build a squad out of nothing. So that was my opinion on Tottenham and the issues with Tottenham and Mourinho. Uh, I think that will do for the first time. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, uh, I welcome your opinions on what I said. If you agree with what I said, if you didn't agree with what I said, let me know. Um, And again, thank you for joining. I appreciate all your support. Until next time.